You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible is Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. In today's program, Father Paul reads from the text of Ezekiel to illustrate how hearers of the Bible misconstrue the book of Exodus. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. And Moses rose with his servant Joshua. Already Joshua is introduced as the main person that will function as Moses did function towards his people, as we shall hear at the beginning of Joshua. And Moses went up on the mountain, and the cloud covered the mountain. Then comes Gregory of Nyssa and invites us all to go one by one up the mountain with Moses. And the Orthodox revel in this stupidity, stupidity in the sense that it is anti-scriptural. And the glory of the Lord settled on the Mount Sinai and the cloud. I made my comments about how the heaviness of God is light. Light, not that he's nice to us. Light in the sense that it is not reflected in a heavy statue. And on the seventh day, he called Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Very interesting. Anti-statue. The cloud is light. Whereas the word glory means heaviness. And I said this zillions of times. But please try to remember that. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord. And this is the word that is used in Ezekiel, and that will introduce my reference to Ezekiel in order to understand the following chapters that are totally misconstrued in our Christian theology. We present them as positive when de facto they are negative. They are there to make fun of us and to test us. But the scriptural God did that in Genesis chapter 2. He is the one who planted the tree of the knowledge of the good and the evil. I like the people who ask me, but it's God who planted I know that it's God who planted it. But for a reason, to test you. So please remember that word appearance, which is found more than once. It had the appearance of the glory. And you could see how the author of Ezekiel is 100% anti-statue. But still, it was like a devouring fire that can consume and destroy And Moses entered the cloud, notice, by himself, 
Joshua is not mentioned, let alone the followers of Gregory of Nyssa, and went up on the mountain, and Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights, which is a full time. 40 is usually the generations, you know, the adult life of the human being. This is where it comes from. And at the same time, it is 4 times 10, which are the two numbers that express totality. Let me repeat, four is the total totality, which would be reflecting of everything. And ten is the numeric totality, which means each and every one. This is why you count from one to ten, and then you come back eleven, which is one to ten, and so on and so forth. But the four is taken from the four directions, north, south, east, and west, or the four walls of the house of a temple, which is the totality. That would be like saying the entire family, that would be four. And each and every one, which means everyone, that would be ten, or one hundred, or one thousand, or 10,000, and so on and so forth. You have it in the book of Revelation. Now, after that, we have so many chapters detailing the erection of the abode of God amongst these people. But the funny thing here is that it is expressed in a way that in your mind it develops as though it is a big building. And this is how Solomon perceived it. And this is how Justinian perceived it. And this is how the Council of the Churches perceived it in Geneva. It's buildings and buildings and buildings. Something you can show. And the worst kind of building are our cemeteries. You have dead people that are non-functional and then you cover them with buildings. Obviously, if you are richer, you have a bigger building. That is the famous mausoleum and ultimately the pyramids and so on and so forth. So if you are careful and listen closely to the biblical story as it unfolds, you should begin to guess that God is making fun of you. It's like the tree of the knowledge of the good and evil. You better not do that. The question is, do I have a point? And here I appeal to my rescue, to the man whom I taught all of you, is the father of scripture. So the story of the end of Exodus, and notice how it revolves around Aaron, the high priest, and his sons, the priest. And remember, that Ezekiel was a priest. 
but then he was transformed into a prophet. In other words, it's a reminder in Ezekiel that you should heed Moses and not Aaron. And that will become clear in those unbearable three chapters, 32 to 33, 34, where we hear that when Moses came down, Already the people were worshipping the golden calf, which was built under the directions of Aaron, who was the main topic of the high priesthood in the previous chapters. That would be, in modern lingo, tragicomic. And this is what the Bible is. If you take it as a joke as a plain joke the way the agnostics look at it or you take it seriously as the believers take it both are mishearing scripture because neither one accepts the fact that in the Bible God is making fun of us fun of us as Bene Adam that are described in the first verses of chapter 11 of Genesis. They wanted to reach God. And in the book of Deuteronomy, we are reminded in a text that is quoted by Paul in Romans, that no, my dear friend, he comes down to you, not in his incarnation, forget about incarnation, there is no incarnation in the Bible. It is through his word. And that's why the Gospel of John, as I say repeatedly, starts in the beginning. As a premise, there is the word. And that word was toward God. It leads you to God. And in this sense, it functions as God for you, the way Paul says in Galatians, you accepted me as an angel, oh, even as Christ. But this does not make Paul Christ. It doesn't work in his letter to the Philippians. So please, friends, you know, I want you to realize these things and check on them in the Bible. Not in the other podcasts and your theological books. That's why I'm going to allow myself. I had to debate this whether to read it in total. Chapter 20 of Ezekiel or just one part. Let me begin with the one part that starts in verse 23. You remember he tried one time, a second time, and the people were not listening to him. So listen to this and keep it in mind when you're hearing the rest of Exodus and keep it in mind for the rest of Scripture, as I shall show you by giving you a few examples. So it is chapter 20 which is the central chapter. Remember, you have 
the story of the idolatry of the people of God three times in 16, 20, and 23. So 20 is technically the central chapter. And you have things you don't hear in the other two chapters. Beginning with these verses, and I'm going to read them twice. I want you to hear it. But please, don't just listen to my podcast. Go back to your Bible and have someone read it for you, preferably a non-believing neighbor. Don't ask a nun to read it for you. Ask an agnostic neighbor of the area to read it for you. I'm beginning at 23. Moreover, I swore to them in the wilderness that I would scatter them among the nations and disperse them through the countries because they had not executed my ordinances. And this is for the third time because it applies to the children also but had rejected my statues and profaned my Sabbaths, and their eyes were set on their father's idols. I love this, father's idols. Do you know why? It's because in chapter 20, and only there in scripture, but it is there. You cannot say it's only there. Well, it is there. That the father's rebelled against God while in Egypt. That's why he was upset and he decided not to take them out according to Ezekiel chapter 20, not according to your theology. So the phrasing is technical. And this is brought to the extreme in my beloved Psalm 78. Moreover, I gave them statutes. Listen carefully. I'm reading. And this is RSV in plain English. You don't need to know Hebrew to understand that. Moreover, I gave them statutes that were not good. Can you hear that? That were not good. And ordinances by which they could not have life. Ezekiel 20, 25, write it down and reread it seven times a day. And on the Sabbath, seven times, seven times. And I defiled them through their very gifts in making them offer by fire all their firstborn that I might horrify them. I did it that they might know that I am the Lord and not their Papa. That's what you hear. And a few of my closest friends are trying to convince me not to yell. How can I not yell? Because most of you, if not all of you, are going to pass by and wait for the following podcast, as though today nothing happened. 
Therefore, son of man, I wanted to read only this part, but I would like to push it so that you can comprehend with me the function of Exodus 32 to 34. Therefore, son of man, speak to the house of Israel and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, In this again your fathers blasphemed me by dealing treacherously with me. Notice the stress on the fathers, which mean right from the beginning. But when I had brought them into the land which I swore to give to them, then wherever they saw any high hill or any leafy tree, there they offered their sacrifices and presented the provocation of their offering. You can hear that they are doing exactly the opposite of what God is asking them to do in Exodus. And that's for me and for many other scholars. You know, it's obvious that the book of Exodus was written on the basis of Ezekiel and not vice versa, because it doesn't make sense. There they sent up their soothing odors and there they poured out their drink offerings. I said to them, what is the high place to which you go? So its name is called Bama to this day. Bama is like a dais, something you build with stones, you erect. Wherefore say to the house of Israel, thus says the Lord God, will you defile yourselves after the manner of your fathers and go astray after the disreasonable things? Notice how many times you hurt fathers when you offer your gifts. That's why in Ezekiel, God is harsher on the following generation than on the original one. When you offer your gifts and sacrifice your son by fire, you defile yourselves with all your idols to this day. The sacrifice by fire, people say, they learn it from the Canaanite and so on. Uh, silly NATO scholarship. It means simply if you are disobedient to God, then God is going to punish you by have the opponents overtake your city and put it on fire and kill all your children. Whose father as king you are and you were supposed to defend them. And shall I be inquired of by you, O house of Israel? Notice how the chapter begins like this. And it doesn't work in America. All my students ask me. Well, they were sitting down and asking me a question. What's the big deal? Why does he start yelling? It's because the word in Hebrew, darash, means to study and thus judge God. They were assailing him and said, no way I'm going to be studied by the people. And notice the elders were sitting. As my students did in my classes, you know, you can't do anything about it in North America. The teacher stands and the students sit and then you want me to teach them the Bible. It's impossible! Because in those times, the teacher said, that's why you can recognize who the teacher is. And everybody will stand. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.